Howdy, folks, and welcome to the first ever episode of Lone Star Frights, hosted by me, Justin Morris. For those of you who may not know who I am, I'm a born and raised Texan. I've lived here all of my life, uh, primarily grew up in San Antonio, uh, had a four-year stint in a suburb of Dallas, and currently I am a student at the University of Texas at Austin, studying radio, television, and film, so I live up here now, the state's capital. Like I said, my major is very media-focused, and I was thinking a few months back, what could I do to put out more content on, you know, at least a weekly basis? And I thought that a podcast is a perfect way. So after that, I started thinking, well, what am I going to make a podcast about? And if you know me, I love this state. I'm a proud Texan. I'm not afraid to show it. But I'm also very interested in ghost stories and the paranormal and figuring out what it is that sometimes people see, just different apparitions. And I want to know about the different stories that people have, different encounters people have. And I'm just so curious with that. A podcast about different paranormal experiences throughout the great state of Texas is an amazing way to showcase what the state has to offer in terms of paranormal. How I'm going to run this show is as such. Each episode is going to be between 15 and 30 minutes long. It's going to be broken into four different blocks. An introduction, as I'm doing right now. Afterwards, uh, I'll play a song that my amazing girlfriend Skylar made for the podcast. And then afterwards, I'm going to do a weekly Texas tall tale. That's just about a different story in the state. So for this week, we have a story on the donkey lady in San Antonio. Um, that one's going to be very interesting. And then afterwards, we'll take a quick break, come back, and every week there will be an interview with someone on the show. So for this week, we have uh, my friend Brooklyn, and she's going to tell us about her experiences with the paranormal at her home. Afterwards, I'll do a quick wrap-up, and that's how the show's going to run. So stick around. We'll be right back with uh, the Texas Tall Tale of the Week. back to Lone Star Frights. It's time for this week's Texas Tall Tale. Now, like I said earlier, each week I will highlight a different ghost story that occurs within the state of Texas and talk about it. Tell me, I'll talk about what I think about it, my research, what I found out about it, and uh, just share it with y'all. And I think this will be a cool way to kind of exchange different stories that, you know, maybe one portion of the state knows really well, but the other portion doesn't. So each week I will be posting to social media a poll asking what do the listeners want to hear about. So I did that this past week on our Twitter account and the listeners decided that they would like to hear about the donkey lady, which makes me happy because I think that there is no better way to kick off this podcast than perhaps my favorite ghost story, local legend, whatever you want to call it. Not just in San Antonio or in Texas, but ever. I think that it's so fascinating that there are so many different stories about the donkey lady that you can't just pin it down to one. If I try to if I try to tell all the different ghost stories about the donkey lady, I I mean you could probably make a whole podcast just on that. There are just so many different stories and I think that's what's so beautiful about it is that it's passed down throughout different generations. So many people have heard about it and it just kind of intertwines. There seems to be a pretty similar structure of the story, but there's different beginnings and different ends, and there's different time frames and different possibilities of what she is. I will today be talking about 
what I have heard and what I find to be is true, but if you think it's different, let me know. So to start off, you can find the Donkey Lady Bridge on Google Maps. It's like a little pin. That's where she lives. She lives at the Donkey Lady Bridge. Uh, it's a bridge that crosses the Medina River in uh, pretty far south San Antonio, close to uh, the intersection of Applewhite Road and Loop 1604. So like I said, it's on a bridge. You used to be able to drive on that bridge, but not anymore because it's turned into a city park. And I've heard it's supposed to be really pretty during the day. I've been down there. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But through the pictures that I've seen, it's a pretty creepy place. No matter what time of day you go, you go down there. There's a lot, a lot of trees and very thick brush. So you kind of get that eerie feeling at noon or at midnight. And as I was saying earlier, there are many different stories about who the donkey lady is. Some people think that she is a hybrid of a human and a donkey. Some others think that she is a woman that's been very much so disfigured. And another thing that's really cool is that some people say that she is a, a ghost, and some people say that she's an actual human being that does live down there to this day. The time frame of the story covers some reports have said that this is from the mid 1700s whenever the spanish were conquering this part of the state and some say that this is as recent as the 1960s so it's pretty crazy to see how much she covers so let's hop into the story so to my understanding the donkey lady was this woman who lived with her husband and their two kids and the husband you know he kind of got around a lot uh there was some infidelities in the relationship uh whenever the woman decided to speak up, speak her mind about why he needs to stop doing that, he decided to light their house on fire. So what's interesting, adds more to the story, is that the Donkey Lady Bridge area is in pretty far south Bear County. So if this was going on, if a, a person lit a house on fire, no fire trucks or anything like that would come within any time soon because it's pretty hard to get to as is, adding more to the mystery of the story. So anyways, because of the fire, the house basically burned to the ground and her children passed away as well, but the donkey lady did not pass away. She became severely disfigured. Her face drooped down to that of a donkey look, hence the name. Her fingers molded together to make hoof-like hands and similarly on her feet. So because of this disfigurement, she was shunned from people and she basically turned into a hermit and refused interaction with the people. So once people started hearing that there was a donkey lady on the south side of San Antonio, needless to say, a lot of people were interested in this and they began to make their encounter, tried to make an encounter with her, see her, to make fun of her, to, you know, just say that they saw the donkey lady. And ever since then, she's, you know, tried to get people away, um, different reports I've heard. She's attacked people, hopped onto their cars while they were in the car, screaming and yelling at her, trying to call her out. And uh, there's various reports of hearing footsteps down there, or um, not footsteps, more like hoof prints walking around down there. But yeah, there's been reports where she's bashed into cars, people have seen her. I haven't seen, to my understanding, I haven't seen any uh, actual photographic proof of her, 
but there may be some out there. I wouldn't blame people for not wanting to show off that kind of picture because it is a it is a little creepy and uh, it's a little scary to think about. So like I said, I've actually been down there. I went down there with a friend one night and we drove down there and man, I just, I, it gave me the heebie-jeebies. Um, it was just super scary to be down there. It was a pretty clear night. You could see the moon was kind of shining through the trees, but regardless, it was still very dark down there. At one point we turned off the lights and I was like, nah, man, we, we got to turn these lights back on. This is just too scary down here. So uh, we left pretty quickly, but I've read, I mean, if you, you can click on the Google Maps, um, like I said, a little Google Maps icon and read different reports. People are putting reports there. Um, a quick Google search, you can find various different stories about her. Perhaps one day I can go back down there and see what she's all about. It's definitely something that I would be interested in, but you know, I don't really want to mess with her. I <laughs> I would like to see her, but I don't want to, you know, put her out of her comfort zone to where she's uncomfortable. I talked about earlier if she's a mythical or a ghost or um, an actual human, and to be honest, I I can't answer that. I don't know if she is a ghost uh, or if she's an actual person that is just horrifyingly disfigured. If you want to go down there, by all means, you can and let me know how it is. That part of San Antonio is pretty rural. It's hard to get to. I would suggest going at night, late at night. Watch out. There have been reports that there are cops that hang out down there. Don't get too crazy, but there's been different ways to call her out. One way to not do it is just by yelling donkey lady, donkey lady, or anything like that. Perhaps some hoofs noises, some different donkey noises, some like hee-haw or something like that could uh, draw her out, but be prepared as well. Don't, don't, don't bring like a weapon or anything like that. But if she starts charging at you, just know that you brought it upon yourself to call her out. <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, that's this week's Texas Tall Tale. If you have any suggestions on what next week's Texas Tall Tale should be, let me know. Stick around. We're about to have Brooklyn come into the room and she's going to tell us about her ghost story. Stick around. Welcome back to Lone Star Frights, hosted by Justin Morris. Today, I brought in a very close friend of mine, um, known her for almost two years now, um, and she has had a paranormal experience personally. This is Brooklyn. Brooklyn, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. So, can you just kind of introduce to uh, our listeners who you are and why you're here? Uh, so, my name is Brooklyn. I am a second year film student at University of Texas, and I'm originally from Fort Worth. Um, and then I'm here today just because I've had some paranormal experiences happen personally to me, and then I'm also just really interested in the paranormal stuff since I was really young, and so I'm really excited for this podcast. So it's exciting to be kicking it off. Well, I'm really glad to have you on the show. Um, I've been to your house. Um, it's kind of a creepy house as is. <laughs> yeah. um, if you want to just tell us why it's creepy. <laughs> um, so my family's super into Halloween, uh, not just in October, but year-round. So we keep Halloween decorations up year-round. Um, we have like six-foot-tall statues of Moomin Talk of Pinhead from Hellraiser and Hannibal Lecter from The Silence of the Lambs. And they get seasonal decorations like Christmas hats and Easter bunny ears and all that. Um, but yeah, they stay up year round and we have a lot of like little Halloween decorations like creepy clowns covered in blood and stuff like that around the house. So it's, they're up year round and we like them and it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So I, I brought up your house because your own paranormal experience is about your house. And to my understanding, it's kind of funny how this happened. Um, you know, you've told me a bunch of different stuff since, you know, we became friends, but I asked you to be on the show about a week or two ago, mm-hmm. and then like almost two nights afterwards, you told me immediately about a paranormal experience that happened at your house, which I just yeah. thought was spooky, um, <laughs> and then you were like, I gotta tell you about it. I was like, no, save it for the podcast, so yeah. here we are. Um, let's go ahead and start off with you know just previous stuff that's happened in your house beforehand, and we'll get to like the recent activity that's happened. Yeah, so to start off, like, my house is not an old house. We, like, my dad built it. We're the only ones who have lived in it. Um, But I think things can come and attach to different things, and my family collects, specifically my mom collects a lot of old toys. So I think that's how things have entered the house and where things spur from is all these antique and vintage old toys and luggage sets and things like that that we've brought in. Um, but since I was little, I've heard footsteps in the hallway and I would, you know, get out of bed to see who was walking around late at night and there was never anybody here, like there and things like that would happen a lot when I was younger, but I didn't really think much of it until I was about to leave for college and, um, one night I was FaceTiming our friend Rachel and I heard a knock on my door and I was like, oh, that's weird. Open the door. No one was there. And I was like, Rachel, you heard that, right? And so she had heard it. It wasn't just me. I went and I asked my family members that were up if they had been around my room and knocking on anything. And no one had done anything. So that was the first time I thought something really bizarre was kind of going on. Um, And then things started happening when I would go home from college. Like doors would open and close randomly to my bedroom or in the bathroom. And my family didn't really believe me. They believe in the paranormal, but... They hadn't really experienced anything in the house specifically firsthand, so they didn't really believe me, and uh, no one believed me until my brother experienced the bathroom door opening and closing on him one night. Um, But nothing was really directly aggressive at me and in my face until Christmas Day of 2017, and I was walking down the hall in the morning, and we have a chalkboard that's up against the wall, and it actually sits next to a lot of um, where our um, where our toys sit, like the old toys. And the piece of chalk, like a piece of chalk from the chalkboard, came flying at me across the hall, which was should have been more unsettling than it was. But I was like, wow, like that just kind of confirms everything that I've been hearing. So I appreciated it because I was like, I'm not crazy. Um, but yeah, and like, and going back on those toys, weird things would happen. Like I would be home alone and like a music, an old music box would go off and stuff like that, that you would have to wind up to turn on. So, um, I definitely think because things like they've gone off on their own and since stuff that's happened has been kind of around the toys, um, I think that that's where whatever this is, is coming from. Um. But I hadn't really had anything happen since I've been home the last few months. Um, and I was home for five weeks for Christmas break and nothing had happened. So it's really been about a year since anything happened at the house. And um, I thought I was going to get through Christmas break and nothing was going to happen this time. And I think it was two nights before I left to come back to Austin. Um, I was hanging up some clothes and kind of had been packing up stuff and... I had set two hangers that I hadn't used on the edge of my bed, on like the foot of my bed. And 
I was like, I'll put them up in the morning. I'm not going to worry about it kind of thing. I remember setting them specifically on the foot of my bed and, uh, you know, went, washed my face and brushed my teeth and came back and went to bed. Um, and I remember laying down and I had looked over and on like the pillow to my left was um, a sweatshirt that I was like, oh, I'll hang that up in the morning. And it was a darker sweatshirt, which is important in a second. But I remember looking at it thinking, I'll hang it up in the morning. And I kind of leaned more towards my right side. And I was just on my phone doing whatever. It was about two in the morning. And um, then I kind of had rolled back more towards my left. And out of my peripheral vision, I see something white. And I was like, that's really strange because I don't remember anything white being there. It was just the black sweatshirt. And so when I turned over, almost touching my face were the two hangers right next to my head on my left side, um, which were the hangers that I had left on the foot of my bed earlier. So I don't know how they got there, but I'm assuming it's whatever it is that's been opening doors and throwing chalk at me and making the toys, you know, make music and things like that. So whatever it is, it's kind of upped the ante as of this last week by kind of putting something right in my face and getting, you know, very close to me. So... Yeah, that's kind of what's been going on in my house. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, there's a couple things I find really interesting about that. One is that, you know, you live in a suburban household in the middle of the DFW Metroplex. You mm-hmm. know, it's not too well known for being a big haunted area just because there's not as much history as different parts of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I find interesting is that, you know, it's not like your house, I'm pretty sure your house isn't built on an Indian barrel ground or, you know, someone was murdered at that spot any time ago. Yeah. I find it interesting that there's toys that your parents and your family has collected and the spirits have, like, come with those items. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really interesting. And, you know, how long how long have you lived at that house? Um, I personally have lived there since I was about two. Okay. But so my dad's lived there since it was built like 20 plus years ago okay so it's still you know it's it's an older house mm-hmm. to our terms because we're <laughs> <Yeah>. not <laughs> it's older than us but uh, it's not you know super old or th- anything like that mm-hmm. um one thing i do find interesting though is do you feel like the activities kind of heightened as you kind of matured and grew up more or do you think that they were always there and you just never thought too much about it i think it's been there because there was things that would happen when I was younger like I have a vivid memory of laying in bed and hearing footsteps and getting up and there being nothing there but all of this specifically like a lot has been going on since I started to leave for college um specifically you know the knocking on my door that one night happened um when I was packing for college so I My whole theory about it, and I don't know what it is, is that whatever this entity may be, it either wants me in the house, is upset about me leaving for college, whatever it is, because it's kind of things have heightened since I started packing for college and then me coming back for breaks from college. So it's kind of my theory. I don't really know exactly what it is. You know, I haven't tried to directly communicate with it or had any kind of like expert advice on it, but... Um. Yeah, you kind of talked about it right there, you know, leaving for college. And you said these are toys, correct? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, debunk or, you know, solve whatever it is. Yeah. But, you know, maybe it could be something along the lines of, you know, they're toys, they're child's play, and you're, you know, a maturing person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're like, hey, come come stay with us, you know. Yeah. Um, Have you ever felt threatened or anything like that by them? 
I think that's the weird thing is that I haven't, um, you know, I, I would think that if things happen, you know, the doors opening and closing are one thing, but, you know, when chalk has been thrown at me and stuff like that, that's more of an aggressive nature and putting items right next to my head and stuff like that, it's more direct and right at me, but I've never felt scared about it, which is a strange thing, and I don't know if it's because I've really, like, done a lot of research into the paranormal and it's a more normal thing to me, um, or, like, that I've accepted that, you know, ghosts and poltergeists and things like that are real, and it, so it's not as shocking to me when things like this happen, but even when it's been more direct and slightly aggressive, I haven't been scared of it. So I don't know if it's a friendly thing or not, but I've never personally felt threatened or scared by it. Um, I'm a believer in the paranormal. So are you. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that your parents are kind of on edge. Um, maybe them and you know other people that you've talked about this with. Um, what are their thoughts on it? So they don't really know how to feel about it. You know, they don't want to directly tell me like that's not what it is because both of them have had experience with the paranormal. They believe in it. Um, but they haven't had specific experience in the house. So they don't necessarily want to tell me that it's not happening, but they have kind of prescribed to, like, we'll believe there's something in the house when it happens to us directly, Um, which is interesting because I do remember one time, you know, one of the toy, like, the music boxes that you have to wind up to play, um, it went off while me, me and my mom were the only ones home one time, so... You know, it's like, she's kind of experienced that, but doesn't really fully credit it to an entity. So, you know, I don't know what it'll take for them to kind of believe me um, about it happening in the house and for them to see for themselves. You know, it took my brother having something actually happening to him in the house for him to believe me. So, And, you know, that's another thing, too, is that your brother's 14 or 15? He's 14, 14. Yeah. So that's another thing, too, is it's kind of like heightened, too as he's kind of growing up. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've talked to him personally about it, but maybe it's starting to, you know, happen more often to him, stuff like that, where he's kind of picking up. He's only had the one experience, so I I just feel like whatever it is, it really, it's really targeting me, and it's attached to me somehow mm-hmm. when I'm there. I'm curious if, you know, because it's attached to a toy, is it you know or whatever it may be my theory is that it's attached to one of these toys um or dolls or something like that that we have um is you know is it stuck there wherever that thing is um because I've wondered because it seems so attached to me and only really happens to me when I'm home you know will it ever follow me to Austin or you know wherever I may go but it hasn't so far (laughs) I don't know (laughs) um so these are just kind of going back one more time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about toys and child's play. Is it were they to- were they antique toys or are they antique toys or are they like stuff you kind of maybe played with whenever you were growing up? Um, no, they're definitely antique toys. Um, my mom just really likes them and collects them, and so we have you know older dolls and older toys, and so some are things that my parents owned as kids, and some are things she's found through you know antique shops or online and stuff like that but yeah we have stuff that dates back to like the 60s 70s stuff like that mainly around that era because that's like when my parents grew up and that's the age of like the stuff that they had and from what I can tell a lot of it is around the same 
age to those that I know specific dates on. And do you know anything about like the ownership, the prior ownership of those toys besides your parents? Not really, no. It's just kind of stuff that they found different they found. places. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to know more about the things, but I don't know and I worry, you know, because when you try to communicate with stuff directly, you never know what you're kind of letting in. So that's been my hesitation to try and like ask whatever this is, what it's attached to and where it comes from and the history of it. So, mm-hmm. so you're kind of just debating, you know, is it worth it to, you know, venture into that or is it, you know, is it something that, is it something yeah. that you can live with? Um, I mean, for me, yeah, it's not... It's not something I'm scared of, and it's not something that seems to be trying to hurt me. It seems to just want my attention and mm-hmm. want, you know, to see me around. I think if it were to become more aggressive or uh, be something I started to fear, that's when I might look into, like, what can I do to separate myself from it? But, you know, I'm kind of content with whatever it may be as long as it's not doing that, you mm-hmm. know? There's things that happen, I'm like, oh, that was kind of crazy, but it's not... It's not something that I'm fearing for or worried about mm-hmm. my, like, health or anything. well-being or anything like Yeah. That. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. I appreciate your story. It's definitely a really interesting story. And, uh, you know, as I said, your house is kind of creepy as is. So adding on, <laughs> adding on stuff that's attached yeah. to it um, just makes it a little bit more interesting and just a little bit more scarier. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that your family's kind of embraced the, you know, Halloween decor and, uh, you know, the creepy stuff out there so it's pretty cool and just to add that on to it just makes it you know just even more special of a place to live so to uh thank you for being our first uh guest uh, for coming on i'm gonna present you with this little let's see if you can see it there we go um this little lone star fright sticker so you can do with it as what you whatever you want to do with it you can put it on whatever um Thank you so much for coming on, Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, I hope for you me. hope you enjoyed it. And uh, stay tuned. We'll be wrapping up uh, real quick. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Lone Star Frights. Be sure to follow on social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Lone Star Frights. In the meantime, if you have any suggestions for the show or have any interest on being on the show, please feel free to contact through those various social media accounts. In the meantime, have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Mm